Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome again to Let's Talk TV Live. I'm Barbara Barnett, hostess of the show, executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and senior TV and film editor, as well as the publisher and editor-in-chief of Let's Talk TV blog, uh, TV blog. So I'm welcoming to the show tonight Jerome Wetzel. Hello, Jerome. Hello. Um, So are you guys having really good weather in Ohio? We sure are. I was outside without a coat today. It was great. Me too. I can't believe the weather has finally become spring here in Chicago. It is. I hope it stays nice. Hey, guess where I'm going the final weekend of the uh, of the month? Where are you going? I'm going to be at C2E2. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to be at C2E2. I've never been to C2E2. So if any of you guys are C2E2 people, um, be sure to try to find me. Um, I shouldn't say what hotel I'm staying at. <laughs> <laughs> well, C2E2, R2-D2's cousin. R2-D2. Yeah, well, you know, I actually, when I was at Comic-Con, I saw R2-D2. I oh, did you? I did. I took pictures of R2-D2. <laughs> so I'm going to take lots of pictures. I'm going to interview people. It'll be a blast. Uh, Adam West is. Are you too young to know who Adam West is? Oh, no, of course not. I love the old... Can't be Batman. I've got the old Batman movie on DVD. I adore it. And he's still relevant. He's still in Family Guy. So young people should at least know him as Mayor Adam West on Family Guy. I grew up on Batman. I was a little kid when that was on, and that was fun. And uh, Wham, Pow, Zap. I actually like the darker Batman much better. But he's oh, yeah. going to be he's going to be there. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's in Chicago, so it it kind of was, you know. I and so I applied for press credentials, and I got them. And you know, the whole week, Saturday, Sunday. And I know Jane Espenson is going to be there. She's doing a panel with um, with uh, with Brad Bell. They've both been on the show. Uh, Bruce Foxleitner, I know, is going to be there. He's another Chicago guy. Um, and I'm last last July at uh, Comic Con, and I'm hoping maybe I'll sit down with on a one with a one on one on him with him one on one with him. Um, I, I always I love Bruce Foxleitner. Um, he have enjoyed. I was I had such a girl crush on him in Scarecrow and Mrs. King back. In, uh, if my husband had only known, he did know actually. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is used to my TV crushes and my TV boyfriends. I think I get a new one every decade. <laughs> you know, so so Bruce mm-hmm. was my. Let's see, in the '60s when I was really young, uh, it was it was David McCallum, Elia Koryakin. On the man from Uncle, and you're like blanking out. Who is Ilya? Yeah, I had no idea. I man knew it was Uncle. the man from Uncle, but I've never seen it. Classic spy TV. Uh, it was mm-hmm. really good in. Laughing. Uh, so that was the '60s. In the '70s, I don't, I don't, I, I don't remember. I think it was Alan Alda. That's it. I was, I was, uh, like, I loved I Alan Alda. Mash. Um, I was. He was definitely my TV boyfriend. Um, in the 80s, it was Bruce Boxleitner, for sure. A um, bit of, of Tony Geary, because I was kind of a general hospital geek. Um, and then in the 90s, it was Fox Mulder. Mm-hmm. You know, David Duchovny. And 2000s, it was, it was Gregory House, Hugh Laurie, and now it's Robert Carlyle. So, but you know. Do you maintain these boys, though? Like David Duchovny, he, do you watch his new project still? and? No. You appreciate him? <laughs> no. I love Californication. They just came to an end last night. But You know, it's funny because um, what happens is I'll, I'll really, really like uh, an actor's stuff in one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Fox Mulder. I mean, that part. You know, raise your hand in the chat room, guys, if you think that's true. David Duchovny was Fox Mulder. Um, and then I saw and as much as I love 
was just a horrible movie. David Duchovny was wooden and and I just didn't care for him at all. And so I kind of got unenamored of him. And uh, David McCallum I still like. Um, I will occasionally catch NCIS. He's held up rather well. He's kind of, I think he's pushing 80. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, he's pretty old, but he looks pretty good. Um, and Hugh Laurie, I love him as house. I'm not crazy about some of the other stuff he's done. I have to confess that. Um, he's a great piano player. Uh, but his mm-hmm. movie, I, you know, and I loved, you know, I loved uh, Jeeves and Worcester. It was funny. It was great. I can't say that it would make me, you know, like a Hugh Laurie fanatic. Uh, he was great and it was funny. It just wasn't my type of character to hook me in like that. Um, uh, who else did I say? Alan Alda, I'll see. And I actually saw Alan Alda and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross in uh, mm-hmm. New York, on stage in New York. And I was Ooh. sitting about 25 feet from him. Um, so that was a huge treat. Uh, I also actually saw Billy Crudup and Jeff Goldblum in The Pillow Man in New York. It was a great trip. So I see lots of good people. And then, um, but, but as far as Carlisle goes, I think the, dif- the thing that's different about him is he actor that he mm-hmm. doesn't actually the part he plays. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even if I'm not crazy about the movie, his performance always rivets me to the screen and it's different. You know, this actor in this role, but the other roles I could give, you know, kind of take it or leave it. I can, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm crazy about pretty much everything he's done. Um, without exception, and even if I'm not crazy about the movie. So, hey, I've cast him in my novel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out who's going to play my other parts, but uh, he's already, he's cast. He's, you know, he doesn't know that yet, but, you know, Mr. Carlisle, when my movie is optioned, when my novel is optioned, (laughs) (laughs) by the way, my novel's done. I finished it. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. I am so excited, and now I'm, re- re- I'm rewriting it. I'm not rewriting it. I'm go- I went back to the beginning, and now I'm um, I'm revising it and editing it and sending my agent chapters as I finish them. And I'm really excited about it because I think it's pretty um, pretty good. So if anyone wants to read a copy of it, let me know. Email me, contact me through Blog Talk Radio, or contact me through uh, – Let's talk TV. com, and you can. Uh, I will be glad to let you to read a couple of the first chapters because I'd love to know what y'all think. You want to read a couple chapters, Jimmy? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Please. The novel. The novel is called The Apothecary's Curse. Mm-hmm. I changed it to The Apothecary's Cure, and then I changed it back. So. Uh, it is now again the apothecary's curse because everyone said no, no, no. The apothecary's cure that has to be the sequel. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a perfect setup. Yeah, I actually had time to write some fiction this weekend too, and it had been a while. It's really satisfying to to dig back into those characters. Nice, 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 nice. So um, we're going to talk tonight about Once Upon a Time, all the characters. You know what? There's somebody's on on hold in the green room, and I'm not sure who it is, but I'm going to find out and see if they want to say hi. Hang on a sec. Hey, this is Zombies Vice from the Sea. Hey, how you doing? Doing fine. I'm doing fine. Feeling a bit better, actually. Good, good, good. So you are my Stargate fan friend from, from Gate World. How's it yeah. going? So we're yeah, the guy. Hello? I'm here, I'm here. Oh, did you want to make a comment or, you know, ask a question? Hey, about ABC's Comedy Wednesday, I'm really loving The Neighbors, you know? That okay. show is just creative. You know, did you remember the moment where Larry Bird was drawing on his test speaking on his iPad? That's yeah, that was that was really creative what they did right there. Yeah, there's some type of charm about that show. A lot of people dismissed it as just a a dumb sitcom, but I watched it all the way through, and and there was just something about the total commitment those actors had to those roles that really hooked you in. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. You know, they really felt like they were aliens. You know, it's that first walk from the sun where they were acting like the you know the Tom people. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. So do you like, I know that you're a sci-fi person, but you like comedies too, a lot of situation comedies? Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Especially, you know, if they kind of combine them, there have been times when they've done that. Well, great. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So, Jimmy, you know I'm not like a big sitcom person. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I, I know. Big, you know that. You know that, guys. I don't write about sitcom. The only sitcom that I have written about this year was was uh, that horrible, horrible, horrible CBS sitcom called Partners. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah it was pretty bad. Do, do I get the point across that I didn't like it very much? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, even if it's a bad sitcom, I mean, at this point, I feel like the television people have gotten good enough that they're going to cast a, a, a great actor or two in it that's going to make me want to watch. And there'll be just enough of a little charm, a little chuckle to keep me watching. It's It's so much harder to write off a sitcom for me than it is to write off a drama. Yeah, you know, I'm really spoiled because I was raised on, like, CBS Saturday night. You know, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, love Mary Mash. Tyler Moore. MASH. Yeah, MASH is one of my favorites of all time. I've seen almost every episode. Uh, you know, All in the Family. I mean, it was like CBS was, was the god of situation comedy back in the 70s and 80s and you know, I, I just so. I mean, I could list you twelve, a dozen, off the top of my head, a dozen situation comedies that I love. Because you know, it's like I don't like. It's like that kind of my thing is I don't like situation comedies. I never watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could say WKRP in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Night Night Court, mm-hmm. uh, which I have the entire like entire run of Night Court um, <laughs> that I got on DVD. Um, all in the Family, MASH, The Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to think nasty now. I've gotten myself into a hole here. Um, <laughs> um, 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 Taxi, Barney mm-hmm. Miller. Um, I mean, I used to sit, uh, I even watched The Jeffersons, which had its moments. <laughs> um and which I wasn't necessarily you know even Sanford and so I mean just could just list one after the other of these really fantastic what I consider to be golden age of comedy and of course stuff like the Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh yeah, love I Dick Van Dyke. I could I probably I mean we'll watch it. It's like when it's on MeTV. It's like ah, it's the Dick Van Dyke show. I have to watch it. I wonder if it's one of my favorites because I could probably quote chapter and verse. And then of course there's the British comedy series like Jeeves and Worcester, like um, like uh, um, 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 the name Justice went through. Uh, of course, and then the sketch comedy stuff like Monty Python and and. Uh, Bit of Fry and Laurie, which I loved, and um, you know many, many other great British sitcoms. So that brings me to because we're talking BBC here. As long as we're talking the BBC, let's talk about Doctor Who, which is back on the air. It is finally. I, I just caught up with the show in the fall, and the Christmas episode was the first episode I got to watch when it aired. So now. I've been waiting with anticipation for a couple of months for this. So um, Richard E. Grant plays a bad guy. Is he going to be on the whole season? I don't know. He was in the Christmas special. Uh And then he was in the first one back, but not the second one. And the first one back, he was just a brief cameo at the end. But they kind of leave it open-ended so that he may come back. I don't know. Doctor Who's kind of weird about their arcs. Uh, it's kind of hard to predict which characters will keep returning. Like most shows, there'll be a, a season-long bad guy that you can expect to see over and over again. Whereas uh-huh. Doctor Who might leave it open-ended as if you would expect to see them, and then you won't ever see them again, or you'll see them 30 years later. You know, they're not right. real clear. So I'm actually looking on IMDb here because we're looking at uh, season. Ha! <laughs> which season are we in? We're in series seven of the new. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. Uh, years. Oh, this is the old one. Yeah, you jump to Doctor Who parentheses two thousand five. Oh. Um, okay. For the Doctor reboot. Who. Yeah, they, oh, they kept oh, it separate. Oh, 
Got it. Um, but yeah, Richard E. Grant plays the great intelligence, who was a villain way back in season five in the sixties. Right. Right, and right, then right. in the Christmas episode, he showed up, but he's voiced, the character's voiced by Ian McKellen for most of the Christmas episode. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so I don't know exactly where they're going to go with that, but uh, it's an interesting concept, and we'll see if that's something they stick with or not. So, yeah, I'm seeing here, I'm looking at, um, oh, this is 2011. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> This is so confusing, right? This is, like, really confusing. Oh, here we go. Okay, wait. wait, It just skips around. Season 7. 2011, 2012, 2012, 2012, December. Okay, here we go. December 2012. I'm going to look up Richard E. Grant and see what else he's going to be in in, in it, in Doctor Who. You know, he was. Okay, he's only listed in two episodes. Well, IMDb is notoriously bad bad. for predicting. I mean, sometimes they'll have a kit, an actor listed for, you know, the next 13 episodes and they never appear in any of them. And then other times it'll be six weeks after the episode airs before they get added to the cast list. So, so yeah, see, so Richard E. Grant, talk about TV boyfriends. He's not a TV boyfriend. He's sort of like, a, I, I really enjoy his stuff. Um, <laughs> he would get me to watch Doctor Who every week. <laughs> he definitely would. <laughs> he is so bizarre. Um, he is, he starred in, okay, so there's a huge Doctor Who connection for him. Mm-hmm. One, he played the Doctor. Do you know that he yes, played the I Doctor? Yes, I heard that. I think I told you that. <laughs> you did. That's who I heard it from. He played the Doctor. Okay, so now I'm going to actually look up when he played. It was in, it was in a comic, I think it was a comic relief special. Okay. They had done. And um, it was, um and I'm looking for it. And comic really okay, here we go. Ha. In nineteen ninety nine there were six doctors that were that there were six doctors. Rowan Atkinson, Richard E. Grant, Jim Broadbent, Hugh Grant, Joanna Lumley, Julia Sala, Jonathan mm-hmm. Price. Oh no, sorry, they weren't the doctor. The doctors were Joanna Lumley, Hugh Grant, Jim Broadbent. Richard E. Grant and Rowan Atkinson. So Richard E. Grant played the doctor, and it was, like, rumored that, oh, he's going to play the doctor, he's going to play the doctor. Well, he never did, but he did it in this. And it was directed by Stephen Moffat. It it was really, you know, like, very Doctor Who. I actually have it on VHS somewhere. Um, and Jonathan Price played the master. Mm. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, but... There's another Richard E. Grant connection because he starred, Richard E. Grant starred in probably, I think what's actually listed in the top five or ten best British comedy movies ever made. Hmm. Okay, trivia guys, can you figure out, do you know what I'm talking about? Any uh, any fans out there of British comedy movies? It's a brilliant movie. It's called With Nail and I. Have you ever heard of it? No, I have not. Okay, so you have to watch this movie because it is ridiculously fantastic. I mean, it is, it's a brilliant movie. It's won all kinds of cool awards. It's probably what he's best known for, uh, Richard E. Grant. And he starred in it with, his co-star was Paul McGann. Oh, cool. Oh, a little bit of a Doctor Who connection, yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, of course, he was, Paul McGann was Doctor, was the Doctor for a few years, a couple a couple years. Yes? You don't know? Um, I'm not, yeah, there were several seasons, but I don't know how many. Okay. I'm so, pretty sure. Yeah, it was not for very long, and I don't think he was considered one of the better Doctors, but I thought it was kind of a funny connection. So I just got tweeted by someone, uh, Katie, who must be listening in, who said, with mail and I is the shiz. I have no idea what a shiz is. I'm sorry. (laughs) uh, She said the movie was the shiz? Yes. That is a slang term. It means hip or cool or something. For the young ones out there. See how unhip I am? <laughs> I, <laughs> I vaguely remember that, I think, 
people were starting to use it when I was in high school, but that was a long time ago. So I love that. The shiz. What's the origination of that? I love that. I I think it was like people said that's the shit, and then they um, said, oh, that's the shiznit, and then the shiz. I don't know. They're all kind of related there. Anyway, I agree with you, Katie. It totally is the shiz. Um, <laughs> it's a great piece so, of drum. That's your homework for the week. Is to watch that movie? Oh, not this week. I'm so busy. Oh, okay. You have to, you have to get... Remind um, me in a couple of weeks. Okay. So you have to go get, um, get a copy of With Nail and I. It is brilliant. Um, and it is funny, and it is great. And I, I think I've spoken about this movie before, because I think I told somebody that um, it was from that movie that I got my recipe for what I call With Nail Chicken. Katie, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. My recipe for with nail chicken is a whole chicken with a can of beer up its butt and cooked on the grill, standing up. I mean, the chicken is cooked standing up. And that actually, my inspiration for that comes from a scene in With Nail and I. Do you open the can of beer? Does it like, yes. explode? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. No, it doesn't explode. You open a can of beer and you leave it open and you mm-hmm. sit the chicken on it, and you roast it on the grill. Hmm. And it doesn't impart beer flavor to it. You season the chicken. It doesn't impart beer flavor to it, but what it does is it, it makes it really, really moist. Moist. And really, really good. So, yeah, the other person that was in the movie was Richard Griffiths, as I recall, was in the ah. movie. And uh, he plays with Nails' uncle. And there is the best rendition in that movie. My favorite favorite, favorite, um, there are a couple of favorite scenes, uh, and I'm going to butcher one of them if I actually say it, but there is the best, um, oh, yes, Katie says, I think, though, this might be disputed that that was the origin of beer can chicken. That's correct. It, it, It was definitely not the origin of it. It was definitely my introduction to it. So that's where my inspiration for doing chicken that way. Um, so uh, the, the, the scene that really got me and it was brilliant was Richard E. Grant doing the Hamlet soliloquy. Uh, he's an actor. He's an out-of-work actor. He and Paul McGann's character are both out-of-work actors. And um, he does a rendition of Hamlet soliloquy that is – heartbreaking as it is funny. It's just brilliant. Anyway, he's also a fabulous writer. He wrote an autobiography and he wrote a science fiction novel. So, Mm. um, but yeah, so check him out. He's a seriously uh, interesting actor. He's in Gosford Park. Uh, Okay. He's been in a lot of stuff, but mostly in Britain. Very few things here in the States. Um, but see, that's me. I, I tend to go for those actors. I tend to like those actors who are really very, 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 very British actors um, who sort of eschew American stuff until they have no choice but to come to the U.S. <laughs> well, and neither you, you may know that about half of the cast of my favorite show is British. The Walking Dead is full oh. of British actors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In the star, I mean, you wouldn't know it because they're they're. Um, I mean, they play American. Right, but Andrew Lincoln, David Morrissey, uh, Maggie Cohen, Maggie, um, what's her name, Lauren Cohen. Uh, who else? There's oh, uh, Lenny James. Yes. Um, I love. Yeah, a lot Lenny. of them. Oh, oh, I love Lenny James. He yeah, is, I wish they could get him more often. They need to get him signed full time on that show. See, this is okay. So now you're getting me on my soapbox. <laughs> I totally think so I should do a show what should come back at like you know the fan Indiegogo or Kickstarter to get shows to certain shows to come back uh-huh. and one of the shows that I names by the way among other people is Jericho mm-hmm I knew you were going to say that. Did you? Because did you watch Jericho when it was on? I watched the first few episodes, and then, like most shows, you know, it builds up on my TiVo until I can get around to marathoning it. Yeah. And then it was canceled. 
Yeah. So I deleted it for space, and then it was coming back, and then it was canceled again. Yeah. And I had promised someone if they ever did bring it back again, I would finally catch up on it because yeah, when I watched, I really liked. It's on Netflix. You can um, get it on. Yeah. It's Netflix streaming. You can get it on Netflix for free. So, I, do you have Netflix? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Um, so it's available on Netflix. You can get it uh, streaming. But I watched the first season and then I stopped. I was actually at the time playing with a novel, a post-apocalyptic novel, and I mm-hmm. didn't want to get influenced. So I stopped watching it because um, I wanted myself from it. And then when I gave up on it, it was canceled. <laughs> Happy that mm-hmm. I finally got to see it. But yeah, Lenny James is great. I love him. I totally, he's great. His great voice. Um, and you just like I was gonna say something. Wow, my brain. Oh yeah, uh, shows that should be. See, I'm a little random tonight. I think it's because I'm in my really like fiction writing now, mm-hmm. and my brain's a little random. And we haven't had a Once Upon a Time for a few weeks, and I'm really, really, really excited and looking forward to seeing Lacey in a couple weeks. And ah. So uh, my my mind's a little random. In a way, I'm kind of glad that most of my shows are sort of on hiatus because it's like given me, even though I haven't posted any new articles, it's given me a chance to finish the novels. That would be nice. I watch so many shows. So I just watched uh, Mad Men last night, and Once Upon a Time is responsible for stealing one of the cast of Mad Men. Oh, do tell. Who did they steal? Jared Gilmore, who plays young Henry. There's one of the, like, four Bobby Drapers on Mad Men. He did, like, 17 episodes, I think. Okay. Um, that that character, for whatever reason, Don's son, has been replaced, like, four times. Nobody else has been recast, but this poor kid's been recast, like, four times. So I was just scanning through IMDb, because the, the latest kid playing him was on Desperate Housewives, and I was just looking back to see who else had played him, and it was Jared Gilmore, and I had not made the connection. Huh. That's really interesting. So is, is Mad Men hold I, – like I watched Mad Men a few times, mm-hmm. and I liked it. I, I wasn't – it was it – was, uh, you know what I used to watch? See, I, I liked the show Rubicon. Uh-huh. Which was fun for one short season. That's by the way, that's another show I'd like to see come back. <laughs> I thought it was really, really well done and I was really sad when it was not renewed by AMC. But I watched Mad Men during the year that Jericho was on uh, not Jericho, that Rubicon was on. And it's funny, okay, so I'm gonna go back to my, my man from Uncle thing because there was one episode I actually think I actually, I think I, I did a review of that episode. Um, there's an episode where uh, Draper's daughter, little daughter, like 10-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. is like a huge fan of the man from Uncle. Ah, yes. I remember and, that. Sally. Yeah, and she loved Ilya, like me. And I was at the same age. So it's like I could be her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I you don't want to be her, trust I, me. <laughs> she lived my life. In some ways. Um, my dad yeah. was not a, a Madison Avenue guy. He was a construction worker. Um, so, electrician. Yes, union guy. Um, so, so Mad Men has come, started off with a bang. You liked the, the episode? Speaking I don't know. Uh, yeah, I did like it. I mean, it got mixed reviews. So did last season's per- opener. And, and the ratings are starting to decline a little bit. But they only have one more season left after this anyway. They have an end date. So okay. after, at this point, you might as well, if you've watched the first five years, you might as well watch the last two. Uh, it just feels very, very different. Like, Mad Men's one of those shows where more than most dramas, the characters do change a lot. And it was really obvious in this episode a lot of the changes because they're now in the late 60s and a lot of the hairstyles and things have changed. But just an overall feeling of where these characters have gone. And the first two hours had a major theme of mortality in it and was really dark and was really about death as much as anything. And so I think that's where some people were against it. But it's always been kind of a dark show. So I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it. I I don't know. It's hard to to name that as a hold it above some of their other episodes as being better, but it was good. See, I, I like dark. Dark is good. Dark mm-hmm. is good. Oh, yeah, the dark parts were good. I, Absolutely. You know, my thing is that I can't, it's really hard for me to get into a show 
Uh, I mean, I can watch something and critique it, like, mm-hmm. objectively, but I can't get into a show unless I find a character mm-hmm. that really holds on to me. I am a character girl, and if I can't find a character to fall in love with or to really say, wow, that person is, that's a great, fantastically written show, or fantastically, sorry, it could be fantastically written, but if the characters just don't resonate for me, I have a really hard time getting into it. So I, same thing when I read novels. I have the same problem. Mm-hmm. It's just me. It's probably a deficiency in my intellectual prowess um, that I just I just have to have a character I can, oh, you know, get, and now I'm going to segue a little bit. Do you mind if I bounce again? Go for it. <laughs> just something else. Um, to Once Upon a Time, the spinoff, the spinoff, it's not actually, uh-huh. and, you know, when it was first announced, I thought it was like an April Fool's joke or something. It's like, they're doing what? They're spinning it off. And uh, so, yeah, so that's going to be a reality. But I just read some of the casting news. They've they've cast a new hero. His name, the, the guy they've cast, his name is, okay, is it Michael Socha or David Socha? No, I can't remember. Michael Socha from Michael Being Human? Socha. Yeah, is that where you know him from? See, yeah, I, the British I, version of Being Human. Okay, see, I know him from two other movies. Well, one other movie, really. He was in two movies that I saw. Um, one is he played – okay, so here's the here's the Once Upon a Time connection to the regular show. <laughs> and I wonder if that's how that connection got made. Um, he played Robert Carlyle's son in summer in 2008. Oh. Hmm. Uh, not, no, no, no. Oh, bad me. It, he did not play Robert Carlyle's son. He played uh, Robert Carlyle's friend's son. He was he was probably a better father to the kid than the, the real father was. But, um, yeah, he played a young man named Daniel in the show, uh, in the movie. And he was and, – and I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, oh, he's, he's really excellent, excellent, excellent young actor. Very mm-hmm. intense, uh, very intense actor. Uh, so I saw him in that, and then he was also in The Unloved, which is Samantha Morton's movie about uh, a girl in an abusive, uh, who has an abusive father. And uh, it's a very sad, intense movie, but he was in that as well. So I, that's where I know him from, and uh, I think that's great. Like he's, he'll make a great uh, addition to the the already very British-heavy cast, it looks like, uh, except for Barbara Hershey, who's not British. Um, But But you you can't have Wonderland without Cora. No, 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 you cannot have Wonderland without Cora. And I was going to say, you can't have Once Upon a Time, really, without a lot of really classically trained actors. Except for Paul Rubens. No, I'm kidding. But Paul Rubens is in it. You know, well. Yeah, he's wasting the white rabbit. Yeah, okay, that's good. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. That works for me. That works for me. Um, So uh, let's see. Oh, talked about Doctor Who a little bit. We talked about Mad Men a little bit. So let me, can I spat off on Elementary? Sure. So I loved Elementary at the beginning. I did. I loved it. I interviewed Rob Doherty. I was so excited because um, the, the writing team had Peter Blake, who I love his writing, loved his writing in the house. Um, he really is a character writer. And the first half of the season, every single episode, you found out something about Sherlock. You know, peels away a little bit more of that. What's what's underneath him, what's there. And I thought that that's what really distinguished Elementary from Benedict Cumberbatch's show on BBC, the Sherlock show, is that it really got beneath the skin of the character. And since the episode M, we haven't seen anything like that. We haven't seen any of that. It's just been procedural. Yep, that's what CBS will do to you. And I'm really, really disappointed um, in that because I really want to like this show. And one of the uh, things, mm-hmm. and I wrote about it every week. I wrote about it every week, the first half of the season. I would, you know, get out my handy dandy 
not, I was going to say my handy-dandy typewriter, my handy-dandy Mac Airbook, and my Mac Air, and I would type up my thing. And, and I really found something significant to write about in every episode. And since the break, um, I've just not been inclined to do it. Um, you know, and I only write about shows that I write about. And, um, you know, it, I'm really sad. I really like Johnny Lee Miller. And Lucy Liu, and I want mm-hmm. them to succeed, and I want them to really succeed. And and I think that with Peter Blake and Liz Friedman, the writing staff, who are so good in pulling out that humanity in-house, um, that I think that the show has, has kind of failed to do that in the last several episodes. Now, it's in, it's in the show's defense, it's been in and out of hiatus a lot. You know, it was off the air for a month, and now it came back for one episode, and now it's off the air again for a few weeks. So, well, a lot of broadcast shows do that throughout March and April. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. yeah. So maybe that's part of it, but it's not really hit its stride again since the winter break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably won't until May sweeps. I mean, yeah. that's how CBS operates, unfortunately. Well, it's why I don't watch much on the network. You know, and I think that that's what happened the last few seasons of House as well. It was like the, the you know, the sweeps episodes were the ones that packed the punch. And I think that happened on the X-Files too. You know, I mean, I think that happens with a lot of really good shows. Uh, but usually as they age a little bit, I'm kind of distressed that it's in its first season and it's doing that. And to me, that's a little sloppy. But that's just me, guys. <laughs> um, let's talk about Once Upon a Time Okay the last 20 minutes Oh, no, before we do that uh-huh. Game of Thrones, did you see last night's episode? I have not I was trying to catch up because Showtime did all their finales last night And they have new premieres next week So that's my focus right now Ah, it was good So we did have more of Jamie and uh, Brienne yeah, because they weren't in the fr- I went back and checked after the last uh, podcast, and they were not in the first episode. I didn't think they were, but I double-checked. Okay. okay. Oh, Katie says, <laughs> Elementary had a transgendered character. I don't think the BBC would have been as adventurous. I'm not sure about that, but I really did. I actually did like the character. I really liked the, the transgendered character on last week's Elementary. I did. I really, really did. And I really wish that they had explored a little bit more of the relationship. Uh, and I don't mean relationship with a capital R. I mean the relationship between Sherlock and her, because I think mm-hmm. that would have been really – and her name is Mrs. Hudson. And, um, of course, Mrs. Hudson was Watson, was Watson and Sherlock's landlady, I think. In the novels, so um, but yeah, so I um, I, I I'm guessing she's going to be a recurring character because Mrs. Hudson was such an important part of the Holmes novels. Mm. So we shall, uh, yeah. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, so let's. Uh, where was I going? Oh, Game of Thrones. So we yes, we saw more Jamie and Brienne. We saw Diana Rigg. I, I kind of teased that to people that Diana Rigg, we were going to see um, Marguerite's mom, a uh, grandmother. And uh, that was a great scene with Sansa and um, and Diana Rigg, Sansa and, and uh, Marguerite's grandmother. Uh, Diana Rigg is great. She's such a powerhouse of an actress. Um, great Shakespearean actress. Brilliant in The Avengers, and you and I talked about that. You still must find clips from the Avengers. Uh, you can probably find them on YouTube um, to check out uh, that show. But, yes, yeah, she's great. She's very, very, very old. Um, there's no question. Um, so, you know, what's going to happen on Game of Thrones? I mean, things you know, things un- unfold very slowly on that show, don't you find? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's hard to separate the ep- one episode from another. It is, and like I said last week, I've seen the first four, so and it's really hard for me to separate them out and to really kind of see where things are going. Really, really interesting. I was, you know, it's funny. Um, the first season, I really liked Theon. 
I really like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really liked him in the first series. And um, you know, I thought, okay, you know, this is a guy he's living under you know, he's living under start under stark control and he's kind of one of the family and uh, but you know what? He's such a absolute doofus. <laughs> he, uh, he is and he really I mean, he was badly tortured last night. It was like, yeah mm. you know. No, I am not an advocate of torture. Uh my main character in my novel is badly tortured. But um but he didn't deserve it. Theon sort of did. <laughs> so after his plot last season, no doubt. Oh man, and you know he just wow. He laid waste to to uh, you know to to the north. I mean, it was just bad, 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 bad stuff. Um, but I I really enjoyed last night's episode. I didn't write a review of it. Um, again, things move really slowly on it, so it's kind of hard to pull things out. Well, I didn't see it, but I had heard from someone before it aired that it more focused on the characters that weren't in the first episode, yeah. like Jamie and Brienne and Arya yeah. and Theon. And so yeah. it's almost like a second part to the first yeah. half. Yeah, very much, very much. Um, yeah, it's, you know, you have uh, Sansa, I'm sorry, um, Arya is seen by the Hound. Oh, I love it's, both of those. I love the Hound. So much. The Hound is his captive. He's been taken captive, and oh. uh, yeah, he's he's being schlepped along. Um, and they he sees Arya, and he's like, "What is this?" Mm. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen there. And Katie says it doesn't get any better for Theon. Uh, my husband has read all the books that have been written so far, so I always ask him for spoilers, so I know. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Uh, uh, I know, I know, I know what's going to happen. So, yes, not good for Theon, and I can't say that he doesn't deserve it. Um, and so we didn't see Stannis last night, and we didn't see um, – we did see Tyrion, you know, and, and things are going along, and they're very – Tyrion and um, his lady are quite concerned about Sansa's going with Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. I would be, too. You can't yeah. trust them. Yeah. So we'll see what happens um, as the weeks go forward. So let's cross over to Once Upon a Time. I did promise I would talk about it. Um, did you – was it on last night? Was it was it Hance? Yes, it was. It was an enhanced episode. Mm-hmm. Did, you know, I watched the enhanced episode last week. And yeah, I we talked really, about last week. And yeah. after that, a little bit of last week, I didn't even try last night. Yeah, I didn't either. And I, we were actually doing a condolence call. So I really couldn't watch it anyway. Um, so um, oh, we're getting typing in the chat room. So somebody must have seen it. Uh, and then next week, uh, okay, enhanced my butt more once for dummies. Well, that was kind of my feeling last week, so I didn't rewatch, um, did not rewatch the Miller's Daughter as much as I loved that episode. I loved that episode, I really did, uh, and I took a lot of heat for loving that episode, but I, I really uh, thought it was a brilliant, brilliant episode, one of my favorites. Um, uh, what is coming up next week is a special called The Price of Magic, which I will watch. I think that sounds really interesting. And then, of course, the week after that, we have Lacey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So that kind of leads me to the discussion I wanted to have about the different relationships on Once Upon a Time. So where shall we start? I don't want to start with Rumple and Bell because I want to go back <laughs> Uh, your favorite yeah you know I I admit it I you know I think that um, although you know I have to say the the relationship I have great hope for the relationship between Snow White and Prince Charming why ask me why why because um, I see Snow sort of a little darker Mm-hmm. You know, she's not so perfect. 
And that makes David not so perfect. It flaws them both. In different so ways. that's good because they get boring, or they have gotten they boring from time to yeah. time. Yeah, and that's why I was like, okay, right, fine. And they're supposed to be a ventral couple on the show. Mm-hmm. And they are so good, there's nowhere for them to go. Until and they came up with this. Brilliant. With this, which was brilliant. They had to do something. Because here they have the central love story of the show. You know, I will always find you, I will always find you. Great, wonderful. But there's no darkness. There's no conflict. Mm-hmm. And as any writer knows, and Jane Espenson and I have discussed this several times, is without conflict, there is no redemption. <clears throat> there is no romance. And um, I think that that's the, been the fundamental weakness of that relationship. So that's why I think that um, people have really kind of grabbed on in a very visceral way to Rumpel and Belle because Mm -hmm. that is a relationship that's fraught with tension. Nothing Um, but tension. (laughs) Nothing but tension. You have a character who's who's the epitome of good, right? Belle is good, but Rumpel struggles with his – you know he's he's a he's a weak individual. He's strong in some ways, but he's a weak person. Uh, he has many weaknesses and many flaws. And that struggle of character to find his better self is what I think makes and and that she triggers that in him. I think makes the character mm-hmm. makes the relationship like catnip to those of us who love character stuff. Um, so I think that's a really important thing. And I wasn't going to talk about that relationship to the end, but so what, what other relationships do we see on the show? We've got Emma. So who do you see Emma with? I don't know. I don't want her to go with Neil anytime soon or Bay because it's just, I mean, you feel like they're going to be ones that will end up together or have some really strong relationship later. So I don't want to rush into it. Yeah. Especially with everything between them. I did really like her with Sheriff Graham, of course, and obviously that's no longer an option. I was starting to see her with August, and now that's no longer an option. No. I think they might try it with Hook. I, there's certainly enough fans pushing for it, but I don't know. I don't like Hook. I literally, no. you know, every, and it was funny because Chrissy said that last week. She said, well, we all like bad boys, and I'm like, you know what? I actually, <laughs> I actually don't. And you're going to think that's funny because I loved House, who everyone's going to know he's such a bad boy, right? But you, and, I, I, I see that you like the redemption part. You're pushing for the good part of the soul. Yeah, you know what I like? I like bad guys who have um, that incredibly strong streak of um, humanity that's deeply mm-hmm. buried. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Rumpel is a bad boy in a way. For sure he is. But he has within him, I mean, as as Robert Carlyle has so beautifully articulated, that there is such a loneliness and pathos in the character mm-hmm. that it's that is that so goes so far to mitigate the badness in him, and we forgive him. You know, we're, we want him to succeed. We, want, we we root for him. Just like, you know, in the show House, you know, Gregory House was kind of an ass, right? Oh, yeah. He really was. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Um, but he is, in my opinion, truly a very classic Victorian romantic character. Mm-hmm. He has a strong stick of humanity. He has, but we understand his angst. We understand why he's a jerk. We because he he's mad at the world because he's in constant pain, and we understand that. We understand that he's a, an advocate. We understand that he's, you know, he's fighting against this impossible. You know, he's Don Quixote fighting against death disease, which is romantic. And so even though he's a bad boy, he's a fundamentally a good character. Now, Rumpel doesn't necessarily have that 
altruistic streak in him, although I think there's one in there somewhere. And we've seen little tiny bits and pieces of it here and there. Um, so, you know, he's not a conventional bad boy. He's a bad boy. It's like, you know, Carlisle is brilliant at playing these characters. I don't know if you ever saw Stargate Universe and my our guy in the in the green room um who isn't a big Stargate Universe fan, but I know that he knows that I am. Um the character of Nicholas Rush in Stargate Universe is a bad boy. But he's not a bad boy. You know, it's like one of these conflicted characters. So, but okay, so that brings me back to Hook. So Hook to me has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Yeah, that we've seen anyway. Not yeah, yet. you know, oh yeah, you hear Kitsis and Horowitz talk about, well, you know, everything he's doing, his revenge against um, Rumpel is because Rumpel's his love. Well, <laughs> and that's me. ignoring the lead up to how Hook got the love. Excuse me, right? It's like, um, yeah, he stole Mila from Rumpel, led her off, fed her hatred of what Rumpel did only for love. I mean, what he did, we now know, he did out of out of love. You know, right. He walked away from the battle. Maybe it wasn't for some noble greater cause, but mm-hmm. it was certainly not out of cowardice. Well, and you have to blame Mia as much as Hook for the situation. But. Yeah, you do. For sure you do. But, you know, you know, you can't say, oh, well, he's justified in getting revenge against Rumpel because Rumpel killed Mila. Right. Well, right. no. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't really see – I see Hook as kind of this smarmy, slimy kind of – yeah. <laughs> That's how mm-hmm. he's like. And he's very over the top, as is Rumpel. He's another, you know, another over the top. But as much, and I think maybe it's because we have Mr. Gold that offsets Rumpel because as over the top as Rumpel is, you know, grand comedia della arte, this grand, grand guignol sort of uh, high farce um, of a character, Gold is the opposite. You know, he's so reserved and so behind shutters and so interior. And we don't mm-hmm. have we don't have that with Hook. We don't have his counterpoint. Yeah. So I think that's the pro that's part of the problem that I have with Hook is we only see this over the top smarmy Yeah, he's really pretty but uh, I'm not attracted to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you know, he's not I'm not either, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good to know <laughs> I'm sure your wife is to be about that too uh, So, okay So, so I've, you know I've, I know I've, you know Concealed so much How I feel about Hook and Emma <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, no I don't like that relationship at all. I do see her eventually with Balefire. Mm-hmm. Eel, Balefire, whatever you want to call him today. Um, and um, my dog is misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, who who else is there? I mean, you know. Yeah, the love stories we haven't got to that many on the show at the moment. No. They'll probably put Red in one right before they kill her off. No, not really. Yeah. Uh, I want to see Grumpy's love come back. I want to see Amy Acker, who's been absent. Yeah. yeah, I would like to see that. I, I like to see. I would like to see Lee Ehrenberg back in the show. Um, mm-hmm. He's yeah, great. Yeah, he hasn't I, been in very much. No, he has not. He has not. And I understand that Aurora and Mulan and those guys are coming back. Yeah, I heard that as well. I don't know. I'm, you know, you got, you know, what I've about that at the beginning of the season. But you know, I, again, I, you know, made my point of view so, like, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So I'm not necessarily that keen on expanding the cast for the two-part finale. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, to, and and I hope this is what I hope. I really, really hope. Um, 
that um, they do not use the part finale to bridge to this to the um, spinoff. No, no, the spinoff. They're still going to have a fall run before the spinoff. No, no, I, I understand that, but they don't use it to build that world up. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, you know, mm-hmm. coming coming out of the season, there's anticipation for the spinoff, which won't right won't be for several months, but. You know, no, I mean, that's been up still in the early stages of casting and stuff. I wouldn't think they'd have time to get them in the spring. I, I could see them yeah. peppering the fall run with them, with yeah. that, those stories. Yeah. But yeah, that's possible. But I just don't. I you know they they diluted it so much at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and I really don't want to see them diluting it further. Well, they just got so many minor characters that have maybe only done one episode or a handful of episodes yeah. that really should go back and explore. I don't need new characters until I get more Cinderella yeah. or more of Amy Acker or yeah. more, you know, they, yeah. they set up these people. I want to see them. Yes. Well, see, this was my, this is what I said at the beginning of the season. It was like, we we have all these great characters and we've seen so very little of them. And, um, you know, that, that's too bad. I mean, Jesse Schramm wasn't available because of Last Resort and because of mm-hmm. Falling Skies. But, you know, she's probably available now because she's not in Hawaii anymore filming Last Resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another show I'd like to see a second season of done, um, you know, via a Kickstarter or something like that. At this point, never say never. I mean, we've had some pretty yeah. surprising. I mean, the killing got picked up ten months after it was canceled. Arrested Development, fifteen episodes yeah. next month. Yeah, you know, those are ha- it's happening. It's really happening. So, what are some of the other shows? We kind of started the hour um, talking about some of those shows. Uh, Jericho. Um, I'm going to put in my bid for Stargate Universe. Firefly, top of the list, but it'll never yeah. happen because the cast is too. They all kept working so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same thing with Stargate Universe. I mean, the yeah. main cast are you know busy with other projects, not the least of whom is Carlisle doing Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to stuff it in somewhere um, between movie commitments and stuff. But um, uh, yes, Esposito, yes, right. Giancarlo Esposito should return to Sydney, but that won't happen as long as Revolution is on the air. Yeah. <clears throat> That's not sure. going to happen. Yeah, I mean, they might get him for a second, but they, they, he's not going to be able to have any plot of note. He could maybe no. do a cameo. Top. Yeah. 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 And where would they put him? He's right now, he's in the basement of the hospital with Nurse Ratchet. Well, and that's better because. Uh, hopefully, once upon a time, we'll run more seasons than Revolution because yeah. Revolution hasn't been very good. And I'd hate to see him come out and then, oh, we have this story where he comes out and then we just don't see him again, like so many of those other side characters. At yeah. least now there's something, there's a reason we're not seeing him. Right, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, oh, we're almost out of time. How does mm-hmm. that happen? How does that happen? We just get it always happens. <laughs> it always happens. We get started talking, and it's you know it, it just goes by. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always fun. Uh, so next week, next Monday, we'll at least um, have the price of magic to talk about for that, and we can talk about we'll talk about whatever comes to our minds. If you'll join me again next week, that would be fun. Always fun. Good, good. And Chrissy will be back. Chrissy is actually at the the Web Series Awards. She covered the red carpet. Oh, that's she's, cool. She's on a plane back to um, to Seattle, and you can look for her stuff uh, on that uh, event in Blog Critics probably tomorrow because I have to edit it and get it up on the site. And, uh, Jimmy, where can they find you? JerelleMutzel.com. Please do find me. And find me on Twitter at B, uh, sorry, B underscore Barnett. And uh, I hope you follow me. I hope you follow the show. And if you like the show, even if you don't like the show, tell your friends. Come on back next week. And we will see you next Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. 
Pacific time on 5 p.m. in Alaska, 4 p.m. in Hawaii. <laughs> Thank you. And we will, see you, we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much, Jimmy. It's always a, a lot of fun. Thank you. I agree completely. And thank you for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.